Good evening, everybody. Thanks to MC Frontalot for that uh, three seconds of buzz. And uh, thanks to you for listening in. This is Monday, June 4th, 2012. We're tuned in with Jick. I actually don't have to wonder uh, whether you're sleeping or dreaming of me, because uh, I know that you're doing neither of those things. How's it going this evening, Jick? That's pretty good. How you doing? Yeah, I can't complain. I've been uh, been mowing my lawn today, which was a long and involved yeah. process involving... Having uh, one mower fail to start for 20 minutes and then start, and then halfway through have some kind of internal explosion. I mean, I, I guess it's a, it's a gas mower, so an internal explosion is fine, but of a kind that made it not work anymore. Oh, really? Like, maybe not work forever? Like, now it's just a, a big lawn paperweight? Yeah, I think it may be sculpture now. But You, yeah. should, get a, you should get one yeah. of those J-mowers. I hear they're uh, tireless and uh, large. <laughs> yeah, I was trying to think of another mower joke, but I, I can't think of any mower jokes. Oh, uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mowed uh, I mowed the lawn at the uh, the office on uh, on Friday. It's 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 stretching credulity more and more with every passing month to call it a lawn. Uh, it's it's more just like a weed field now. Mm. In some of the non. Uh, the areas that didn't used to be grassy, the areas that just used to be semi-jardin-scaped, zamboni-scaped, there are now weeds uh, thick enough that my pussy-ass electric weed eater will not cut them. Uh-huh. Uh, the, the thing just beats uselessly against the stalks. Huh. So it they beats the big, uselessly the against thing. the stalks and still insists. He it, sees Peter Falk. Yes, there you go. Just, just one more thing, weeds. Yeah, the uh, there are tiny little maple trees growing all over my yard because of the... Uh, there's like a helicopter-shaped seed, or like a helicopter yeah. blade-shaped thing. The, it's really cool to watch them fall, but it's also super annoying to watch them fall because you know that they're going to turn into these things that look like weeds until you try to hit them with the weed whacker, and then they just... Yeah, they get flailed uselessly against, and will not. The other be thing that you can do with those uh, is you can rip the seed off of the little leaf on it, and then put the leaf uh, sort of against the roof of your mouth with your tongue, uh, and then uh, kind of hiss through it, and it will become a reed and make a really, really annoying, really loud noise. I did not know that. Yeah, if uh, if if I'm ever out there when. Uh, when those things are in season, I will show you. That's a that's a trick that I learned. Uh, there's also some kind of little like honeysuckle uh, flowers that, if you get them at the right time, they contain a, a, a few drops of what basically tastes like Kool Aid. Huh. So that's that's cool. And then there's some little plants that grow on the ground uh, that are extremely sour like tiny uh, tiny little uh, like they, they almost look like clovers but they're very bright green uh, and if you put one of those in your mouth it's kind of like a like a sweet tart but without the sweet part so do you randomly just stick plants in your mouth to see what happens no these were things that you these were things that we learned oh, okay growing up I mean also when the you know when the cicadas leave those little shells on the trees you can uh, pull those off and attach them to your clothing Right. Yeah. You can walk around saying like, oh, "I am Lord of Bugs." You say yeah, you say that because you're a little kid and you don't really know how to say things that are cool. Right. So you just sort of grunt, "I am Lord of Bugs." 
That's what I would expect a Lord of Bugs to say, though. I wouldn't expect him to be, like, Lord of uh, being particularly well-spoken. Sure. Uh, I mean, because that would... I, I am Poet Laureate of Bugs. <laughs> I am Articulate I, uh, Lord of once Bugs. Once when I was in grade school, we, we had an assignment to gather a bunch of uh, poems about a particular subject hmm. and then uh, make a book, like, actually bind a book. Um... So we took like they, we had the big thick cardboard and cloth and made uh, cloth covers for it and then used a needle and thread to sew hmm. uh, sew the pages together. And uh, mine was poems about insects. Poems about but insects. But I, I did not yet discover the cool, discover the coolest poem about uh, in insects, uh, the sick rose, which I guess is not so much about an insect. There's an insect in it. It's an invisible worm and it flies through the night. I don't think I understand what you're talking about, but I think I want to subscribe to your publication. Have you have you never read that poem? I forget who wrote it. Uh, it's very short. I'm gonna I'm gonna track it down on the internet and recite it to you. Oh, it's a uh, William Blake. Yeah. Oh rose, thou art sick. The invisible worm that flies in the night and the howling storm has found out thy bed of crimson joy, and his dark secret love does thy life destroy. Oh my. Pretty goth, you know his dark secret love. Yeah. The wretch inside my secret night. Who is it that wrote that one? The the poem that is pretty much about being butt fucked by teenage boys. Uh, boy, I don't know. Is that a real thing? The wretch inside my secret night. It's like within or inside. Yeah, my secret night. I remember because it it made a, a, an impression on me to hear that. Yeah, I'll, I'll find it. Oh man, I shouldn't have started. I, I caught the very, very top of a debate happening in Dev that I really wish that I wasn't distracted by right now. I'm, I'm shutting I'm, I'm shutting that tab down until it's time to answer questions, and then I'll read the shit during the break. Cause damn. <laughs> um. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. What, what else? What else you do this weekend besides failure to mow? Uh, let's see. There was a failure to launch. There was a. Uh, there was a there was failure to communicate. That's what we had there. Yeah, that. Sorry about that, folks. Um, see, usually when I, um, when Jake is begging off of the show, I go okay, and I either do it myself or I find someone to host it. But uh, apparently, when I beg off of doing the show, Jake uh, assumes that I will do those things too, which is okay. I just. Uh, I had oh. imagined. I had imagined right. you. Yeah, that, that, care that, of that was not what I was talking about. Uh, I actually thought that that was two weeks ago that that happened. Um, no, no, no. Sorry, I should have. I should have gotten a hold of somebody. I just. I'm not set up to broadcast on any computer that I have anymore. Uh, uh, because I. I. Uh, I walked away. What the hell? I washed my hands of that. I guess is the phrase that I was staggering around for way too long. <laughs> Yeah, I washed my hands of that a long time ago. Anyway, no, sorry, sorry. Uh, I got I I was just off somewhere doing a thing. I don't even remember what it was. Gotcha. I was like, no show. Time to go on a bender. And then you were out telling people bite my shiny metal ass all night. Yep. Let's see. I went to some vilification tennis. Got myself all. We got all dolled up because they were having a prom night, which is apparently anything any nerdy pursuit has to do. A grown-up prom now, so nerds can go. Hey, we are a part of a much bigger clique now, and we can have an awesome prom. But mm. man, it was pretty funny. They did jokes Ye- about. 
Geekcom. Geekcom last year at uh, at Phoenix Comic Con. We went to. We were really excited because everybody talked about how great it was the previous year, and we went, and it was fucking boring. And yeah. the like, they had subdivided it into over twenty ones and under twenty ones, and they decided that the over twenty ones were entitled to a lot of booze, and the under twenty ones were the only people entitled to anywhere to sit. Uh. Uh, and so it was just like everybody got all dressed up, went into an extremely hot room, uh, and and then got drank standing up. And like the dance floor, you couldn't dance if you were not if you were not in the under twenty one section. <laughs> Man, we their hotels are fucking crazy. Hotels do not know how to deal with crowds that are heavy drinking crowds that aren't going to start shit hmm. you know like the, the the extent to which they like just shut the shit down at Dragon Con was pretty frustrating this this year we went to a, a thing uh, a stupid thing as it turned out a <laughs> uh, thing that was really cool last year but when we went it sucked I'm beginning to think that maybe everybody just says that everything was really cool last year right. previous year uh, we tried to go to these zombie beauty pageant and it turned out to just be like a room with acoustic properties that made it so you couldn't hear anything that the people were saying and if you wanted to drink you were too far away to see any of the ladies Uh Um, but we walked in there with drinks from outside and then ordered a drink inside realized that we didn't want to stay long enough to finish that drink outside and when we went to leave they were like you can't take booze out of here I was like what are you what are you talking about? I was like, like, I could stand right there with booze that I brought in from the hotel bar. And he said, yeah, but you can't leave with booze. There's people under 21 out here. Uh, and I said, okay, but I walked in with some booze and then I, and then, you know, I had the presence of mind to not continue to argue with a minimum wage security guy. Right. He wasn't being a dick about it. He was just doing what his superiors had told him to do. It's frustrating though, because you want to say, let me explain to you how this doesn't make any sense, and then we will agree that I can do what I would like to do. Mm-hmm. But that just never happens. Well, I mean, that doesn't work if the guy's potentially going to get fired if somebody sees me doing it. Yeah. Right? I mean, it's while a lot of bouncers at bars get into a mode where they can't be reasoned with, I mean, I think a lot of people who are deep subordinates in a large organization can't be effectively reasoned with. Yeah. You know, it like doesn't matter if they agree with you. They still can't. They still can't let you do what you want. Because I mean, there's plenty of cases where it's like, yeah, well, you know, I'm just gonna buy this beer, take it home, and drink it safely with my responsible friends. So it really doesn't matter that I'm only 20. You know, they're still not <laughs> gonna sell it to you because they'll get fired and the fined and go to jail. Yeah. Where's I went to uh, Roy's baby shower on Saturday. Oh, how was that? I'm surprised. It was okay. That it was, was a co-ed baby shower, which my mom was my mom was weirded out by. Yeah, generally don't aren't baby showers attended by women while the men stay at home and play video games or whatever it is we're supposed to be. Yeah, doing? I think that might be sexist. Nah, though I don't know. I mean, I think they just wanted to have a big party. Um, but yeah, it was good. I got to see all of Roy's family. That was neat. Got to see all of Corinne's family. That was neat. Got to see a bunch of bunch of people. Uh, we had to leave fairly early because it was my girlfriend's birthday, so we had another party at the house after that. Yep. We had to go to Bevmo to get Bevs. Um, 
but yeah, it was good. They they uh, had a lot of good food. They had it catered by something. Their house is really great. I'd never been there during the day, so that was neat. Uh, we we tried to play some cornhole, but we didn't know the rules to cornhole, so we just put the holes an arbitrary distance apart and took turns throwing beanbags back and forth. Um, I don't think it would have mattered if we had been keeping score because only twice did a beanbag go into a hole. I think there's supposed to be some kind of score for close mm-hmm. to the hole and then in the hole. And yeah, I think there's a, the there's a score for, for landing on the thing and then a score for getting it in the hole. Yes. Yeah. You know, that seems like a fun game. I can see why people would play it. Yeah, we got, uh, while my parents were here, we got Ladder Ball, also known as Redneck Golf. Oh, is that the thing with the bolos and the the thing where you just try to get the bolos to wrap around the the stack of ladder? <laughs> yeah, you have the there. The ones I've seen had all been golf balls with holes drilled through them, and then a rope knotted in between them. Okay, uh, this was something we bought at Target, so it was kind of a like the toy version of that. Right. So, like, little pieces of molded plastic that still looked like golf balls for some reason, but were smaller. Mm-hmm. But that that's another one that just, I would play that all day long. When yep. people are done playing, I like, I will sit there and play 12 games in a row with four different people. Because, yep. I don't know why, it's just really fun. Yeah, we played that at uh, Jessica Gruner's house over in the old San Francisco one of those years. Although, it, I mean, it seems like it has that problem where the, if you don't... If you're not playing it on like a fixture, or if it's not like actually driven into the ground, it's uh-huh. just constantly falling over. What the ladder ball thing? Yeah, these have a big wide base on them, mm. so I haven't knocked them over yet. So your anaconda did want some. Oh, because that was a sort of mix a, a, a large base. <laughs> I was like, uh-huh. yeah, so, yeah, it had a large base. Uh, we went and saw a movie this weekend. We saw The Chernobyl Diaries. How was that? It looked, um, looked kind of shitty. You know, it was a perfectly acceptable horror movie until the last... I, I want to say literally the last three minutes. Uh, it just... It, it felt like it got really focus grouped at the last three minutes. Uh-huh. Um, because, like... Yeah, you know, it was what it was, right? Like it was some people go and they go to they go to Pripyat and then they explore Pripyat and then they get it. You know, something scares them that isn't the scary thing, and then some stuff scares them that is the scary thing, and then they get picked off one by one until there's only a couple of them left, and then um, it it started. There was a scene where all of a sudden. There are subtitles. Like, people have been speaking Russian off and on for the entire movie, and only in the last three minutes were there suddenly subtitles on everything that was said in Russian. And it would have been... You know, you could have basically figured out what the people were saying Uh if you hadn't had the subtitles, and it just... It would have been more suspenseful if there had been some uncertainty, you know? And (laughs) then it just... It's like... Ugh, man. I don't know. The problem is that, that. that you're a little more on the ball than the average movie-going public, and even movies that you like are going to be over-explained for you. Yeah, there was certainly a lot of, the door, it's locked! 
<laughs> and, so and, was, and I just sit there thinking, like, fucking seriously? You couldn't figure out how to convey that without... So it was written by the guys who wrote Super Friends? <laughs> Gorilla Grodd is holding some kind of ray gun. We saw... Yeah. Uh, I went with the folks to see Men in Black 3, and that was surprisingly good. Really? Yeah, I was expecting almost nothing from it, having heard that they wrote the script, like rewrote the script while they were shooting it, and the, there was all kinds of hoopla and falderall. But it ended up being super good. Were they knee deep in the hoopla? They were. There was a brew, haha, and some falderall as well. But uh, yeah, it was pretty damn good. It was an old school, like, it was kind of relieving to watch a movie that was clearly made by somebody who made a lot of movies in the 90s, like the screenwriter yeah. and the director both, because they didn't keep trying to twist the plot every couple of minutes. It was like, okay, here's the plan, we need to do this. Like, okay, well, we'll, that one goal never changes the entire way through. And whether we accomplish it or not is the interesting part. Not like, oh, holy shit, that didn't work. Now we have to try this thing. Like, oh no, New York is getting destroyed for 30 minutes. Like, it, oh, was very, uh, it was a very throwback-y kind of thing. I heard a, uh, I heard a, horrible, a horrible rumor about Men in Black 3 uh, that, it did not store, that it did not star one Rip Torn. It did not. It opens with his funeral. Oh, seriously? Yep. Bullshit is what that is. <laughs> How can they kill off that character? I wonder if Riptorn is like in some sort of prison hospital or something. He probably wasn't up for it. And he's 15 years older than he was then and, and probably fatter. Yeah, maybe. I mean, he's still got some, he's still got at least some piss and at least some vinegar in him, though. Because it was only, what, like three years ago that he got arrested for robbing a bank? Oh, wait, last year he did the, he did that They Might Be Giants video. And was all, like, wiry and stuff. And you said the guy's 81. He was replaced with Emma Thompson, and that was pretty cool. I don't know what that means. Emma Thompson? You don't know no, him. I don't know. He was he was placed with Emma Thompson. He was replaced by... Oh, replaced. I was... Okay, yeah. You know why I don't know what that means? It's because I didn't actually hear you. <laughs> like, I, was there some award show that I didn't know about? He was placed... Like, the annual pairing of the celebrities. <laughs> I bet on Rip Torn to be placed with Emma Thompson. <laughs> Emma Thompson showing. Right. And five uh, <laughs> ran. Okay. Uh, Emma, uh, remind me who Emma Thompson is. She uh, is British. She's Alan Rickman's wife in Love Actually. Ah, okay, good, good. I like her. I think I get her and Mag Maggie Smith. Maggie Smith. Maggie yes. Maggie Gyllenhaal. <laughs> Will Smith. Yeah. Um, and there's another one. There's another one who I think was in those Bronte movies, and uh, was not in Love Actually, and was not in any of the Harry Potter movies. Cool. Kate Winslet? Uh, no, 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 no. She's older. Uh, she's very severe. Uh, she was the mother in that movie with Colin F- Colin Firth uh, that came out when I was in New York last time and nobody else ever saw it. Uh, 
Uh, good, good. And it's good. about it's about a guy who like mar- who who brings an American girl that he has just married back to his ancestral country home, uh, and I think the American girl might be Charlize Theron, and uh-huh. it scandalizes the whole family, including the mother, who is this woman who I'm trying to think of who it is. You're talking about Return to or Bride's Head Revisited? No. Okay, I was trying. Okay, so I'm going to look up Colin Firth on IMDb, and I'm going to see what the movie that he was in. Man is Colin Firth, rather. Man is IMDb less useful than it was uh, not too long ago. Uh, Let's see. I don't think that it was called Easy Virtue. Yo, it was in fact called Easy Virtue. Uh, And who is that woman? Jessica Biel? No. I don't think so. No. Who's Jessica Biel? Jessica Biel is the the girl that you always get excited to hear is going to be in something, and then you remember that it's not Jessica Alba. Oh, yeah? I don't know that I get that excited about Jessica Alba. Hmm. I get excited because Jessica Alba is kind of hot, and Jessica Biel is not so much hot. Am I thinking of Kristen Scott Thomas? I think that maybe I am. Are you thinking of Kristen Stewart? No, I don't think... What the hell, man? Who's the mother in this fucking... None of these people are old enough to be any of the roles that I remember from... Kristen Scott Thomas is 50, maybe? Yeah. 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 Anyway, if you look at the movie poster for Easy Virtue, the woman that I'm trying to think of is the woman in the upper left. That's Kristen Scott. And that might not even be the woman that I'm trying to think of. (laughs) That's Kristen Scott Thomas. Okay. Has she also played Professor McGonagall in a bunch of things? Uh, Yep. No. What? Uh, I woke up in the middle of the night. um, Really, I woke up in the middle of the morning because uh, Hot Stuff and his girlfriend had a yard sale uh, that started at 6 a.m. and ran until noon on Saturday. They have to. Uh, And so I woke up, a number of things happened. I woke up because I had to pee really bad because I had done some drinking on Friday night, as I sometimes do. Um, And it was like maybe quarter after six when I woke up and I went, as I do, over to, uh, to, to, to piss in my bathroom sink. And I looked down out the window that overlooks my driveway as I do, just to sort of greet the day while I'm, uh, while I'm peeing in the sink. Right. And then I realized, oh, man, there's like a lot of people right down there, and I'm just standing here with my dick out. <laughs> uh, but then I remembered that you can't actually see in. Like, I, I, every once in a while, I get paranoid. Like, if I, sometimes I'm like, oh, wow, I'm just like stepping into the bathtub, which is right next to this window. But then every time I'm outside, I think, yeah, you cannot see a goddamn thing from out there uh-huh. in this window. Um, but I but I overheard what I thought was somebody haggling with hot stuff, asking if he would take a dime for something uh, <laughs> instead of whatever the asking price was. Uh, but then I, I remembered later to ask him about it, uh, and it turns out that uh, he was trying to get her to pay nothing, and she was insisting that he take a dime for like <laughs> the eraser or to, no, it was two erasers. She was like, "How much for these two erasers?" Because, like, this entire box of office supplies is 25 cents. Like, how much do you want for just these two erasers? Right. Um, but then I also realized that I had that I had just dreamed a joke, and I thought it was a, a funny joke, and so I, I decided to write it down. And it was another one of those things where when I woke up, I was like, all right, I remember saying that in my dream, but it's just not at all funny. Uh-huh. Uh, like when I had that dream where you said, you want I should need you the bed? Yeah. 
which, you know, uh, so I had a dream that I was having a conversation with my girlfriend and she said, I need you like a man needs a woman. <laughs> and I said, I need you like Rupert Grint needs another man who is also Rupert Grint. <laughs> which, you know, I giggle thinking about it because it's it's goofy to say, but it is not like, I don't know what I was trying to say about anything. Right. You know, what does that say about my feelings? What does it say about uh, Rupert Grint? Like that he is gay for himself, exactly. I guess, was was the implication. Uh, yeah. I, anyway, sorry. I, I know that's not as funny as I think it is, but... It's pretty funny. Um, I don't, you know, it, it, sometimes, sometimes you get a, you get a good one. You know, you get the why do guys with huge dicks have such short attention spans? But but sometimes sometimes you just get nonsense. <laughs> you get that. You get like you like. Oh man, I woke up with this brilliant idea, and then as soon as you actually like consider the idea, it's like, no wait, that is that is some nonsense that only seemed like a brilliant idea because my mind wasn't working. Yeah, I get. For me, it's mostly. That I just dreamt the most amazing story. Like, this could be an entire novel, and I just have to get this down as quickly as I can. But then when you start thinking about it, like, nope, none of that made any sense at all. It just seemed like, it seemed so full of emotional import. But, uh, no, it wasn't. Yep. It was Dreams really weird, man. really weird how your brain can convince you that something is, like, heavy or funny or, like, makes you cry and... Yeah, I, I feel like it happens to me the most often in what might just be dreaming, but you know how sometimes when you wake up, you get the very distinct sense that there was stuff going on in your head that you were aware of right before you woke up. Uh-huh. Um, and I mean, I guess that's maybe when you wake up in the middle of that shallow sleep where dreams happen. Yeah. You know, and it isn't any different than you dreaming. But yeah, I don't know. I mean, I mean, like, kind of makes me not as not as. I don't want to say that I was like, or am, or ever was scared of going to sleep. I just didn't like the idea of it. Yeah. You know, I mean, I didn't like just shutting down like that. And the idea that there is stuff going on that you're aware of, but that it just blinks away when you wake up, is is kind of like wow. Well. So I wonder what sort of interesting shit is going on all night while I'm asleep. You know, like I wonder how much of the I wonder how much of the stuff that I that I do creatively is is ideas that I've worked on actually consciously while I was asleep. Hmm. And then I wonder if every night I am as uneasy about the idea of waking up and losing all of that stuff as I am about the idea of going to sleep. <laughs> you know, and and losing the losing the thread of like the sort of conscious narrative. And, and, and I think man. that's I think that's giving your unconscious self a little too much credit, though. You think? Yeah. I mean, I wonder if maybe like, wh- why do you remember some dreams and why do you not remember some dreams? Maybe you remember the ones that are especially cool, and so there's some trick that you can do to make yourself remember it after you wake up. Or like the part of you that is actually exercising volition while you're asleep can wake you up. Yeah. You know, but who knows? Who knows? Not me. That's for damn sure. Not this guy. It's super weird, man. It's super weird how little we understand what the fuck is going on with, like, the really most fundamental things. 
you know it's like we have a fairly good idea of what's going on with like the way that matter operates and stuff on on levels that are extremely theoretical if you really think about it but just like nobody has any fucking clue what consciousness is yeah man but I mean, do you think that's a that's a thing because it's tr- it's a thing trying yeah. to consider itself, which is always going to be a hairier problem than a thing trying to consider another thing. What is consideration? Is it inconsiderate for me to just yammer on about this shit when you're clearly not interested in talking about it? Well, dude, like sometimes the chemicals in your brain will fire first, and then you'll have the reaction to the stimuli, and that means that your reaction was caused by the chemicals firing. But what makes the chemicals fire? It does get kind of scary. Sometimes you will get you sad actually... because you are crying, and you'll get afraid because your pulse is racing. Like what the fuck? <clears throat> we were we were having a conversation about class today, which I know uh, everybody loves it when we talk about this stuff. There is a there is a uh, like an, an Asian buffet that just opened up down the street from the office where the old black anus used to be. Uh, I never actually called it the black anus, but a lot of other people did. Something thought, finally opened in the black Angus. Yes. Uh, and there's an Asian buffet called the Super Hibachi Grill, which does not have teppanyaki. It, nowhere in the title does it say buffet, huh. uh, but that's all it is. Is it just you know? It's one of those like pan Asian buffets. And uh, we went there once, and it was really good. We thought, and so we're like, I'm gonna go back there on a on a weekend. I'm gonna I'm gonna just eat however much I want because it's an all you can eat buffet, and I'm actually gonna take advantage of that. And I'm gonna have a million kinds of dessert, <laughs> uh, including the. They had a dessert that was a two-layer, uh, a two-layer construction. Uh, the bottom layer was clear gelatin, and the top layer was white gelatin, and it tasted like nothing. Huh. And I have no idea what that's supposed to be. Um, but anyway, I, I just because I couldn't remember uh, something. No, no, it was because I didn't know how late it was open. I looked it up on Yelp. And this place that I had been to and enjoyed had like a one and a half star rating on Yelp. And all of the reviews were just talking about how gross and filthy it was. Hmm. And it wasn't gross or filthy either of the two times that I've gone there. And I don't really... The picture, if you look on Yelp, the picture of the place is a picture of like a filthy toilet surrounded by garbage. Huh. I don't know how the fuck they do that. How does how does that happen? Who controls which picture is associated with a given place on Yelp? Is it just the one that's gotten the most like high fives or Google pluses or something? All right. Is it the one that gets poked the most? And pe- they were talking about like having having kids. There were a bunch of unattended children in there just sticking their hands into the food. <laughs> which I mean, that's pretty gross. It is. Although then when I went there, man, I went into the bathroom to wash my hands. And while I was sitting there washing my hands, fucking guy just gets done pissing and walks out without washing his hands. And I was so close to just fucking following him out and yelling at him. (laughs) But that was, you know, I'm like, I'm not going to be that guy. Nobody, you know, nobody thinks that that guy is in the right. That guy is probably not in the right. The guy who actually yells at a dude and publicly humiliates him for just fucking despicable public health habits and that guy immediately I was keeping an eye on him to see where he was going and every goddamn thing that I wanted to eat from the buffet he was there just ahead of me getting his pissy dribbles on the tongs 
<laughs> so I just pretended I was in India, and I uh, only used the tongs with one hand, and I only touched my food with the other hand. Ah, oh, there you go. Wait, what? Well, yeah, because they wipe their ass with their hands. Right. Right, and so you just separate you separate the butthole hand from the mouth hand. I thought that was kind of funny to think that... So you're not supposed to eat with your left hand in India because you use your left hand to wipe and your right hand to... Like, I don't know anybody who wipes with their off hand that's American. I haven't asked people, really. Yeah, I mean, I think if you had that rule, right? I mean, if right. you if you had if you were making the division of which hand do you wipe with and which hand do you eat with and like shake hands with, mm-hmm. right? Um, then I think you would probably get into that habit. Yeah, I mean, I guess because we can wash our hands fairly easily. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, that's the other thing. Yeah, I don't know. <clears throat> you know what I want? I want a return of the bidet. Hmm. I know I you want, can get those. I want the remains those. of the bidet. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what I want is a cider house with a buffet in it. A buffet. A bidet. Well, both. I want a buffet and a bidet. Maybe a buffet bidet. A bidet buffet. All you can all you can rinse. Yeah. Try this one. It has jets of warm water that you can control by remote. This one smells like lavender. Oh, lavender. Hey, speaking of which, so here's this Dylan Thomas poem. Apparently it was a parody of another poem that I can't find the original of. Okay. But uh, it's called The Malls. I found them lying on the floor, male shapes, girl-lipped, but clad like boys. Night after night their hands implore emetic Percy's for their joys. They retch into my secret night with stale and terrifying camp and offer as the last delight a crude, unhappy anal cramp. Gently they sigh to my behind, wild words, spelled Oscar Wilde, wild words, all buttered, badly bred, and when I dream of them I find peacock stains poems on my bed. Huh. So that was a poem, like, I feel sorry for Dylan Thomas a little bit, because that's a poem that he he wrote to take the piss out of somebody, and now it's just in the collected works of Dylan Thomas, and nobody remembers the poem that it's parodying. Yeah, but I mean, I don't think that's exactly... I, I, I had never heard of that. I think Dylan Thomas... Dylan Thomas's legacy is is fairly intact, I think. Yeah. Despite that. Um, Still, they retch into my secret night. I'll never forget there's that, that one. There's that one T.S. Eliot poem about how he shit his pants at church. <laughs> and nobody remembers him by that, you know? Uh, that's, that's not actually a poem. <laughs> That'd be pretty good, though. Somebody should write that. Well, William Carlos Williams had one, you know, this is just to say, I have shit the pants <laughs> that I was going to wear to church. I'm sorry. It's so lumpy. So smelly. Oh, man. Uh, so, uh, any, anything else, uh, anything else this weekend? Uh, no, no, no. No, I think that's it. That's all I got. Oh, we watched Melancholia. That was interesting. What was that? It's uh, by the dude who did Dancer in the Dark. And was that Lars von Trier? Yeah, Dogville and Antichrist and, and whatnot. And Breaking the Waves. Yeah, Breaking Like the Wind. Breaking the Waves is the only one of those I've seen. I saw Dancer in the Dark and really hated it by the time I was done with it. I guess yep. I hated the way that it, that it progressed and ended. It was a cool soundtrack, but yeah. But Melancholia was really good. 
surprisingly so. Like, it had a lead female character, and he didn't seem to hate her. So that was good. That's progress. Yeah, that's definitely not a thing that happened in Breaking the Waves. Breaking the Waves did have one scene that I will never forget, though. I mean, besides all of the ones where a woman is just brutally raped and beaten. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, there was a guy drinking, like, a big... Like, a sort of one of the European-style cans of cheap beer, you know? Uh-huh. Uh, and they, they're they at, like, a wedding where there are a bunch of rabbis, I think. It's I, it's a rabbi in my memory, but I think this maybe doesn't make any sense. It's maybe just, like, because uh, uh, they're, like, I don't know if there are Jews in that story. <laughs> um, but anyway, it's, like, a guy who might as well be a rabbi. And the guy... The, the young, the young, you know, punk sits down next to this guy with his big can of beer, and he just looks him in the eye, gets a disapproving stare about drinking beer, so he picks up the can and just chugs the entire thing. And then the guy takes his glass of water and just glares at him while he chugs the entire glass of water. Huh. And then the guy, the young guy, crushes up the can and throws it away. And then the old guy just squeezes the glass until it breaks and, like, fucks his hand all up. It was the best exchange. Hmm. And then it's like, you don't really see anything out of either of those people for the rest of the movie. It's like, that was pretty cool. <laughs> uh, yeah, man, the idea of squeezing a glass until it breaks and then it cuts you all up. Fuck that, man. That is not a thing I want to think about. Yeah, I don't think that I'm, I'm lining up for that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, yeah, but like I said, I don't think I've seen any other Lars von Trier movies. Who's the guy that did Punch Drunk Love? That's a different guy. Yeah, that's Paul Thomas Anderson. It had the same woman in it. The woman who was the main character in Breaking the Waves was the main character in Punch Drunk Love. I remember that being pretty good, though. That I would still like to see. And I, From what I gather, every other Lars von Trier movie is just female lead character, horrible things happen to her, she makes stupid decisions, and more horrible things happen to her, and then she dies. Mm-hmm. So I'm not eager. I don't think I need to see it. I understand yeah, that Antichrist, she cuts her say, off. What? What do you think he's trying to say there? I think he's trying to say that God hates women. Mm-hmm. They what were you about to say when I interrupted you? Oh, and in Antichrist, she cuts her clitoris off with, a razor, with the scissors. Huh. That's a thing that I know about Antichrist. And, uh, part Does she of the have one of those big China-style clitorises? Because that seems like it'd be tricky. I mean, given that I have no idea where the clitoris even is. Right. You've you've heard rumors of it. Like, to you, the clitoris is like Sasquatch. Yeah. And, like, many people believe it exists. You're skeptical, but you've seen some blurry pictures. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> hmm. Well, should we start answering questions before the break, or what should we do? You got anything else you want to talk about? Uh, I don't. We can, think we can if jump right anything in. else, if anything else happened, it's been two weeks, so you'd think something would have. There was yard sale. There was movie. There was party. Um, our our friend who goes and teaches a course in Ireland every summer came back from Ireland and had the traditional big bag of Irish crap night, uh-huh. where he gets a bunch of souvenirs uh, and brings a bag to pranksters and the bag gets passed around and everyone takes an item from it so like some chocolates some little bottles of whiskey what uh i don't know uh, you know it was there were some t-shirts uh there was a bunch of jewelry like he always gets a bunch of uh and eh, you know i don't know not not cheap but not expensive jewelry uh for for the gals there uh i got a lighter there was a set of coasters there was a bunch of like 
and there was a bunch of stuff from like the gift shop at the Guinness Brewery this time, so I think maybe that's where a lot of it came from. You know, I think it depends a lot on what he gets up to during a particular trip. Yeah. But I got a little, uh, I got a little torch lighter that looks like a, a pint glass full of Guinness, which I had been meaning to get a torch lighter uh, for for my cigars for a while now, and I just never, never managed to remember to pick one up when I was anywhere. So that was cool, useful and handsome. And you can't beat the price when the price is the generosity of a of a good pal. Mm-hmm. Although I guess he's more in the he's more in the drinking buddy category. We go to parties at his house sometimes. <laughs> we definitely drink with him at the bar. He helped us build a trebuchet once. He more he he kind of supervised. He's a philosophy professor, so he he's not really he doesn't really do much with his hands. I mean that's entirely not true. He does a ton of remodeling work in his house. <laughs> he also has the worst luck. Since I've since I've known him, he he bought this house and it has had like catastrophic entire floor replaced by the insurance company flooding three times. Huh. I know. I don't know what the fuck, man. I like I think it was just it might have been like built during one of those times when they were making all of the plumbing pipes out of taffy. Uh, was that the same time they were making all the electric out of aluminum? Yeah, aluminum electric wiring, and so that yeah, that's the the two the two cool things about the office: aluminum electric wiring that is just eventually absolutely going to burn the office down if we don't listen for any suspicious buzzing, uh-huh. uh, and the sewer pipe made out of paper. That was a that was a clever one. That apparently they just did, and I don't know, I don't remember what the deal was. It was. They they expl- the electrician guy explained this to me. It was something about copper prices being too high because of the Vietnam War mm-hmm. is why they did all the aluminum wiring before they like realized how unsafe that was. And then the, the I don't know what the fuck the sewer thing was. I don't know why anybody thought that that was a good idea. The sewer pipes, the sewer outflow pipe was literally made of tar paper, just a tube of like like layers of tar paper Ugh. and it this happened while uh, thankfully I didn't actually see any of the fallout of this but uh, the, the way that we found out about it was we were I think we were in San Diego and Riff called us and was like so yeah the bathtub is full of poop uh. yeah because like one of the trees out front just grew into and clogged up the fucking paper sewer pipe and that was all she wrote Man, I had my first uh, tire blowout yesterday. Speaking of uh, catastrophic failures of things uh, involving a fairly late-stage petroleum products. Was your tire, by any chance, made out of cotton candy? (laughs) It was. Um, I was trying to think of a joke about some other uh, blowout. It was actually uh, one of those New Year's Eve blowouts. No. No. Did we make up that that's what those were called? I think we saw enough consensus that some people at some point had called them that. Okay. Because I never knew before that. I was just, you know, those whistle honky things, <laughs> whistle honky <laughs> things that, uh, uh whistle honky. You, you mean like a, like a guy who works at a train yard? They <laughs> called him the whistle honky. <laughs> See, uh, yeah, no, I was driving, uh, back from lunch. I don't remember where I was driving back from. And there was a pop, and I was like, what was that? Huh, I guess it was nothing. And then when I got closer to the house and slowed down, my car did the thing that means the tire is flat. 
Yeah, yeah. Did you yeah. did you throw your own spare on, or did you call a triple A? AAA? No, I threw my own spare. I don't have triple A. Oh. And I don't think I have roadside through the dealership anymore because the car's out of warranty. But That's no, I, I would not. You don't. I, you you know, strike me as kind of a fancy man. I, I wouldn't have expected you to to change your own tires. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I don't. I mean, that's a. I've always. I, I've, I always you, have. I would have expected you to adjust your monocle and say, "I have people for that." I mean, when the car was under warranty <laughs> and I could and people could do it for free, there was one time when I did it. I had somebody come out and change the tire, and I think it was just because I was somewhere that I was dressed kind of nice, uh-huh. and I wasn't going to have a chance to clean up. Oh, and yeah. it was like we we had gotten somewhere, and the tire was flat, and it was either like. You know, yeah, I, I mean, I'm not, you know, I know you're not like making fun of me for doing that, but I'm surprised that that surprises you, hmm. I guess. Now, if, if I were able to get my tire changed for free, you know, I, I'm happy to have somebody else do work as long as I don't have to pay for it. Right. Yeah, but I mean, changing the tires, and plus this car, I've had such miserable luck with the tires. Everything about it has just been great, except... I would say that about three out of four times that I like take it in for the oil change and scheduled service or whatever, mm. one of the things that I have to say is the spare is on it. The the ripped up, fucked up tire is in the spare compartment. Just you know, it's it's like the, the they're those stupid low profile tires uh-huh. that I guess are fancy, and I mean they get low. Uh, be with you, girl like a disgraced cosmonaut indeed and you know running them low is bad for them and then eventually they they like and the back ones can go flat and you don't even really notice but then you're riding around because they're they're so low to begin with but this one yeah but this one actually popped like i heard it pop Hmm. because i was like that was weird i just heard a bang and it felt like the car lurched a little bit and I look back and I'm like, did I just run over a balloon? That was what I thought. I thought, <laughs> I must have just run over a balloon. Um, Perfect. Not not thinking why or even really how that would happen. Um, but yeah. And then my neighbor uh, was in his garage working on a model uh, a model airplane that was probably six feet long from, from tip to tail. Yeah. One of those like big ass for serious model airplanes. He said that that's what he does instead of golf. I think that's probably what I would do. Yeah, I definitely approve of that. I think I would probably be more of a model railroad guy if I uh, if I needed another expensive hobby. Um, yeah, but I need another expensive hobby like Rupert Grint needs a bunch more Star Wars Legos. <laughs> or really, Harry Potter Legos with tiny Rupert Grint minifigs. <laughs> Oh, did you see uh, in the Dev Channel Riff's Skyrim joke that he dreamt? Uh, yes. We should share that with our listeners. Shall I read uh, it? I, uh, yeah, go ahead. All right, Riff says, um, Oh man, I dreamed a great Skyrim joke last night, says I, I who am Riff. One Viking says to the other, Did you know Iskaldir is in love with that new tavern wench? And the other's like, Oh yeah? And the first says, Yeah, he's carrying like 80 torches for her. Yeah, yeah. I didn't. Uh, I did not think about that. I, I didn't. Are there a lot of torches in Skyrim? I don't know. I just. Uh, I thought it was just a kind of a reference to there being an inventory in the game. Yeah. I haven't played any Skyrim at all, so 
So yeah, I I I thought it was funny, and my ignorance is not funny. No, no, no. I mean, it is funny. I just that Skyrim is not a game where I that I thought of as there you having to carry a lot of torches. It could have been a Legend of Grimrock joke because you do carry a lot of torches in the Legend of Grimrock. Although fewer people would have gotten that, I guess. Right. Is a is a is a more sensible joke that fewer people get better than a joke with broad appeal. What is the nature of celebrity and comedy, Mr. Yeah. Skullhead? What is people the get really mad at Tom Green because every once in a while he will go on these jags where he will just post like I don't know fifteen tweets in a row that are just like the name of a food, and I I don't know what. What, what what kind of world do we live in, Mr. Scullig, where there are people who don't believe that that's great? <laughs> he, uh, Tom Green I is mean, Tom Green is kind of like Andy Kaufman with a lobotomy, right? Because well, with Andy Kaufman, even it's like, oh, it's pure genius to hear about these guys who bought a ticket to a stand-up show, and what they got instead was somebody reading The Great Gatsby all night in a fake English accent. Like that is hilarious. But it would have sucked balls to be there, and it's kind of a dick move, right? Yeah. Like so, I like mean, funnier to hear about other people having to endure it than watching it. I would say. Sure. I mean, I the times that I consider unfollowing Tom Green are the times when he just goes on these jags of like retweeting things that people said about him, uh-huh. or or just like his number of followers will get close to some even number and he'll start trying he'll start exhorting his existing followers to uh to gather more followers yeah yeah i don't know oh man what are you gonna do what are you gonna do should we should we actually take a break and just divide the show up directly into into the hour of of nonsense hour of sense sure that'll make our uh, sense our sensibility this one's for you clyde Right, back in a fifteen. And we're back. Hey, buddy. I was like, man, it's a little early. We're we're having this feverish conversation here on chat. Yeah, it's not. I wouldn't call our conversation feverish. You were a little. You were a little feverish in dev there. Yeah, it, it felt like the beginning of a beautiful argument so, that I was having with myself. That's the problem with the like reading a log of a chat and then responding to it. So like, yeah, yeah, and another thing that, that is guy. actually that is actually a really great way to talk about what is being talked about and not and not have it turn into like spousal bickering, which we have a serious problem with. I guess it does make it harder for the person like. I make my response and then it turns into a different issue, that kind of thing. Like, oh yeah, well you always do that. Well you never do that. Well you yeah. Yeah. No, you're right. Arguing like a like maybe not an old married couple, but a like a a married couple in their forties who has taken to drinking. Yep. Oh man, alright, now I have to stop talking to these people in dev so that I can actually do a radio show. Extricate. Where do you want to start, here? Do you want to start in the forum thread or in the? Uh, yeah, there's a forum thread, and I got to the point. I got to a certain point in on Wednesday, and I don't know if we're going to be able to uh, actually make it through this, but uh, we could we could talk about some of it. Uh, the dog delusion is saying uh, 
saying, uh, given that Word Realms is soon going to be pushing KOL and Asymmetric even further into the side of soon-to-be-new players, I have a newbie retention type question. Uh, one, I'm not really certain that that's actually going to happen. Uh, the other thing is, after completing the initial quest into your guild, uh, Gorgonzola, Gunther, and Shifty don't do anything. And then he goes on to suggest that they have some conversation options that, you know, maybe teach you some stuff about being you. Um, and yeah, I the the guild is pretty old school and could really use the same sort of overhaul I'm given to the regular quests. Right now, whenever people talk about things that confuse them as a newbie, they just talk about the Nemesis quest. Um, and I think that's just because that's the first thing they get to that we've sort of never touched with modern sensibilities. Okay. Uh, you know, and it's still got, like, the big rock, which kind of doesn't make any sense. It's still got some... Well, I guess I don't know that it has anything that you need from the Hermit anymore, but... Uh, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. You know, I mean, it's one of those things where with infinite time, we would already have done it. Right. And everything else. Literally every possible other thing. Yeah, that's the last thing in the world we want to do. Wow, what a day. We did everything in the world. Uh, and uh, Dog Delusion ends with, I'm so excited for Word Realms. And if, yeah. you, if you are so excited for Word Realms, uh, everybody, tell people. You know what? Uh, it looks desperate for us to be, say... Posting our link to Boing Boing or like tweeting it to Kevin Smith and shit, but it's not desperate if you do it. You're just a fan. Oh yeah, but that doesn't it isn't them doing it because we did this because we said this. Doesn't that move the desperation up the up the charts a little bit? It depends you know on weird. whether they know I, or not. I, you know, I I feel <clears throat> I feel differently about celebrities or personalities with whom we have some kind of established relationship. Like, I've sent tweets about Word Realms to Christopher Moore, the author, because he came by our booth and we talked for a while. You know, Will Wheaton, certainly, and Felicia Day, we, we kind of know they might yeah, be giants. Yeah, I mean, we already, you know. we already spent... That's the problem here, right? We already went after them a lot and got effectively no response, mm. right? I mean, that's the... We we had to we had to really really dig to get like permission to use their likenesses as a ploy, uh-huh. you know. And then after it went up, like told everybody, and, and then you know it was just like nothing happened. Like you know, like I know for a fact that Jerry from Penny Arcade has been shown the thing, and he just doesn't care. If he cares, he would have posted something about it. Yeah, well, right. They, and it's they don't like us. Well, with him at least, they like. They like video games more than they dislike us. And, you know, and I thought that that was like a reasonable thing, right? He So I think I think there's a, there's a couple of there's a couple of factors at work uh, in in the just sort of lack of lack of press. Let's say there are three factors. Uh, one one is us not trying to the extent that we probably should. And that's that's a thing that we're going to be arguing about a lot on on Wednesday when we're all on the phone. Um because it, 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 at this point, it's sort of damage control, right? Like, my, my view of the way that this thing was going to go is that either it was going to fund in a couple of days or it wasn't going to fund, right? And so the question was, is this, going to, is this going to blow up like things often do when they are suddenly three times as popular as we thought that they were going to be? Or is this going to founder like literally 
every effort we have ever made to promote ourselves. Uh-huh. And I, I think... I, I am naturally inclined to take the blame for for some of our failures, right? Not not all of them. I mean, there are certainly things that I'll blame on you. There are certainly You're right, and some like, of them I, I'm even responsible for. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I know that we have an almost pathological unwillingness to self promote. But the thing is, like, our stuff is not, and there's no way to say this without coming across like an asshole. I, nobody would understand that KOL was fun unless they played it, right? Right. I don't. Right. I don't know that it is possible to promote KOL to a larger audience and catch even a tiny fraction of the people who would actually like it because it is not it, like it's a grower not a shower right? <laughs> right and and i think that and and that's and that's fine the world needs things like that and i am you know it, it, it kol has been a staggeringly successful thing that i am super super proud of right and i'm not i'm not being down on it when i say that it is inaccessible you know i i, I think that it is one of those things that is on the surface very very easy to just dismiss out of hand and the the age we live in has turned everybody into that guy that has a lot of big ideas uh-huh. you know and you can't tell from somebody saying that their product is good whether or not their product is any good it's like somebody's mom saying that they're handsome right and it's i have i have had so much trouble with every aspect of of what we've done in anything like a traditional space right it's it's like there are there are people when when i was first getting hosting i told the guy how much bandwidth we needed and he was like you there's no way that you need that much bandwidth we're going to set you up with one percent of that much bandwidth and i said no i i did the math at the old host and this is how much bandwidth we need he was like look just trust me you know, and I could tell that he was just giving me the this thing is not nearly what you think it is eyes because I just get those from everybody that I've ever dealt with about it. And that's fine, you know? I wouldn't take somebody seriously if they acted like the... the if they showed me some of the shit that I've done and said, no, this is making enough money to feed 10 guys, I would have said, you're fucking crazy or you're lying. Uh-huh. Right? And... I don't know. With with this, it's it's just... I think again, people are people are reacting at large. At large, people are reacting to word realms as though it was a flash game. And the reason that they're reacting to it that way is because it is a flash game. The 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 same people who are reacting negatively to word realms because it is a flash game. The the way that I was really hoping the other day that that Roy had not read any of the mean shit that people were saying about the art yeah, on the internet. Yes. And the thing is, like, you know, Riff was saying, I didn't actually see where they posted this, but Riff was saying that the Rock, Paper, Shotgun guys were talking about us again and saying that we needed to do something to address people's criticisms about the art. But, like, every time I've seen somebody address one of those assholes' criticisms about the art, they just come back with an even meaner thing. Hmm. So people reacting to this game badly because it, because it is written in Flash are the same people that react badly to KOL because it has frames. And you, you defend that 
you defend the validity of that perception, right? You don't you don't think that, that it is a thoughtful thing or a sort of a morally justified thing, well, but you understand why people yeah. feel that way. Well, I don't know about flash games because I still play a lot of flash games. Right, and I mean, you know, so here's the thing: The Binding of Isaac is a flash game, and it is it is about the scale of. I mean, it's it's not exactly. It, it's hard. It's hard to compare it. I don't think that it cost as much to make as Word Realms has. Also, Word Realms shouldn't have cost as much to make as it has. You know, it... I think you felt like we should have set a lower target. And... No, I was... I and was, I'm the one. I'm the one who talked Hot Stuff into setting it at the target that it was at, and 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 here is why: if if this thing could generate a hundred thousand dollars, if this thing could generate fifty thousand dollars worth of interest, but not a hundred thousand dollars worth of interest, then we need to rethink the overall plan for it. Right. Right. If we can't get a hundred thousand dollars, that that really it changes the scale on which we are operating. It is not. I don't see it as a like <sighs> flunking out of your first season in the majors and going back to you know going back to the cornfield to play. I see it as a like trying out for the majors and not making it this year, right. which is the thing that happens over and over again, right? I mean, this was our first foray into something larger and I think that we were not met with the success that we hoped for. And and I think the fact that it didn't fund quickly does not it it basically means that the experiment was a failure. And that's where that's where Kevin and I are sitting right now. And everybody else is like, no no no, come on, we can do it, we can do it, we can do it. And it's like, well, we already haven't done it. And so it's See, that's it, that's you know, an interesting for, way for, to for, think about it though. Because getting getting a hundred thousand dollars for this game, I think on some levels does us more harm than getting nothing. Mm-hmm. Because getting a hundred thousand dollars means that we're committing to hire somebody else to work on it, and that's another person that a year from now we might not be able to pay. Uh-huh. Right, and that's that's the problem. Like if we got four times as much money as it would comfortably take to hire a couple of dudes, then we could hire a couple of dudes. And it not be like a really irresponsible risk to take with KOL and with the future of the company. But but as it stands, it just it's like, all right, well, this this did not I mean here here's here's the question. You said something that really surprised me. You said that the first post that you made on Facebook about Word Realms, three thousand people saw it, and the second post that you made about it today, four thousand people saw it. Are those four thousand different people than the first three? No, no, no. I I was pulling that out of my ass. I was uh, I was using that as an example. I was saying that I would have thought when I made my the one post on the Kingdom Facebook that everybody who has Kingdom of Loathing liked would have seen it and either passed by or acted on it. But that just wasn't the case. When I, I mean when I, I posted again today. I was thinking, like, God, people are just going to say, oh, God, I've already seen this. But instead, I had a couple people go, oh, wow, I had, this looks totally cool. And I started seeing it getting shared again. So that means that not everybody saw it when we posted it the first time. And that it was worth our while to keep posting about it. I mean, I guess with Facebook delivering content just entirely fucking at random, 
Yeah, it depends entirely I mean, on how much their other friends were saying that day. It's, uh, yeah, I just don't know. I, I feel like I have a tendency to underestimate the number of new people that would be interested in KOL, and you have a tendency to overestimate it. I mean, I, I think that you felt like setting up the Facebook page for KOL would have a significant impact on the number of people that played, and I don't feel like it has. And that's not to say that it wasn't worth a try, hmm. but I don't know. I don't know that realistically we could justify. It, you know, if you think of your time as free, then it hasn't cost us anything to have a Facebook presence. It right? also has cost us very, very, very little time. Okay. You know, it's a it's a thing that I do during my morning web crawl while I'm looking at Reddit and shit and waking up. Right. Yeah. I mean, I I kind of feel like KOL has saturated the the potential player base. Like when we promote it, we find a lot of people saying, "Oh yeah, I played that a long time ago." And then they don't come back. No, nothing that we have ever done has like with the possible exception of the very first Comic-Con. The very first Comic-Con resulted in an uptick in people coming back. But everything else that we've ever done, advertising or promotion-wise, has just been a waste of time and money. The in terms of, of the actual actual numbers that it, that it yielded. The AMAs what, seem to have added, like, a couple of days of inflated sign-ups and then a, a slow tapering off. Did it? Yeah, I mean, the, the day that I did my AMA, we had 3,000 sign-ups. The day that you did yours, we had 3,000. The day after that, 1,500, then 500, then 250. Really? Yeah. I look at this shit every day. <laughs> it's the only way that I can have any way of knowing if things are going okay, right? Day and after so, my AMA, there were 1,100. Yeah. yeah. There are so usually... That's not, not 3,000. You just said a number that was three times what the actual number was. The day of the AMA was not 3,000? Oh, okay. mine was. Well, I guess yours was more popular. But I mean, but that's the thing. Like, like, yeah, man, I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know how much of this is, is reason and how much of it is, is insecurity, right? It doesn't feel like insecurity. I, I am familiar enough with the feeling of insecurity that I think I recognize it when it stops me from doing things. I, I certainly am in hindsight, but it's, I, I don't think that KOL is the kind of thing that lends itself to promotion in the same way that we just, we don't have the profile of, and, and when I say profile, I mean, we don't have, we don't have the shape of a Zynga game, right? Sure. We don't have, we don't have the kind of thing where the more people that see it, the more interested people find it, right? It is a lot more about somebody Somebody plays this game and they know someone who they are certain would like it and they tell them about it. I feel like that is where all of our people come from. Yeah, and we live for the, like, in that other that other dude's article, the, the 5,000 people who will pay you $10 for this game versus the 2 million people who won't even play it if it's free. Yeah. So, yeah, I understand that. But I think with Word Realms, we're on... A, I, I agree with what you're saying about KOL. I think with the the Kickstarter, we're on a slightly different tip, where, like, you and Kevin don't like updates on your things that you've pledged. 
but a whole lot of people who are on Kickstarter do like the updates of the things that they've pledged. And some people who are on the fence may want to know more about the thing, and then they get excited. Okay, so then, so then explain, explain to me why the updates that we have posted have not resulted in any re- reaction at all. Like, that's the, that's the, that's the thing, right? Like, there, we have done weekly updates with some stuff in there. And, I mean, maybe you're supposed to do daily updates or whatever. I, that would drive me fucking nuts. I would do I, a couple I recognize of that I am in a minority. I mean, I'm in a minority that I live in with, with Hot Stuff and with C.D. Moyer, at mm-hmm. least. But things that, like, I, I have never seen an update on a Kickstarter project that I haven't funded. And so that's why it's like, if you post an update that's visible to the outside world, I don't believe that anyone actually sees that. I know I'm not everybody, but like, if you go into a project, you look at it, you think, oh, I'm not really interested in this. You're not going to click somewhere else to try to find something to get you more interested in it. Right? And I mean, maybe that's, want- not, maybe that's not how the people yeah. reading a website work, but... You want people to continue to be excited about it. You want people to, to check back in and see how it's doing. Because the it's it is the same word of mouth thing. The people who are excited about it are the people who are going to tell other people. Like if you look at just the numbers from yesterday to today, like today I declared it Word Realms Awareness Day, and I posted on Twitter and on Facebook, and we did a whole lot more business today than we did yesterday. So that like that to me says no, this is not done. We just aren't promoting it as hard as we might. And no, we're not going to promote it to a lame extent, of course. But I think we can. We're a whole long way from lame. You know, say like yeah. yesterday we did five hundred ninety-five dollars. We had twenty-two people. Today we've so far we've done seventeen forty-six, and we've had forty-five. Okay. I mean, I, when you did your yeah. AMA, there was a spike. Right, there was a there was a pretty significant one there, but I mean that's like so you can't say that. that so that, it, it, it seems right, weird but, to me to man, say like okay, this this man, is just done. It didn't but, do what but, we wanted it to, but I mean, what but, what is it going to do? But that AMA took up an entire day. Was it fun? It was, yeah, it was fun. But it, like, I'm never going to do it again. It doesn't make any sense to do it again. Of course not. And it was fucking super exhausting. Yeah, like. It, but but I, and and it was good. I'm glad I did it. But I I don't know, man. Like I so it it clearly did. Like me doing a thing that I did not find objectionable. You know, there was like one asshole. I was actually pretty proud of that. There was one asshole that made some crack about like, oh, this is, is that what AMAs are about now? Just marketing a Kickstarter. Yeah. And I talked that guy down, and it was funny. Um, but yeah, man, I just. It, I think that if we want it to fail, we can make it fail. And, uh, you know, since it exists, I would rather see it succeed. Uh, and, and honestly, from where I am standing, barely succeeding is worse than failing. Because it creates a tremendous amount of obligation with... Because, because even though even though the money that we are asking for on the Kickstarter is almost uh, as much of the, as much as there has been feedback about how bad the 
art is, there has been way more feedback about how absurd that number is. Right? For what the game appears to be. And that is because people are assholes. And people don't know what it actually costs to make things. And because we are idiots and have spent probably ten times as much money as we should have on this project. And now we're trying to recoup one-fifth of that. Sure. But recouping one-fifth of that and then having to do all of the fulfillment work, which I know that you say is not a big deal, but I just don't, I don't understand. I, like, I, I, while I agreed with you that the tiers at which physical rewards were, I think that most Kickstarters shoot themselves in the dick with their physical rewards. Like, well, yeah, I ended up spending almost half of my Kickstarter money on the redemption stuff, fulfillment. Right. So I, I and, understand, and, that. and and that's and that's if you don't count your time. I mean, if you count yeah. what you were paid for the time that you spent on it, that it just it just runs dangerously close to being a thing that costs us money. Uh-huh. Much much less actually makes anything right, and so it's like the way that ours is structured, though I don't see that as a as a huger a huge deal. It well, is it's weird to me to have like hot stuff say. I, it took me a week to set this up and posting updates is just going to take so much of my time it's like shit man it, it would take me a half an hour twice a week to do that you have a different what way of doing, doing things than he does and I mean it's things you know when we, when we did our uh, when we did our beer project it took him an hour to write every paragraph about every beer and that's why he didn't do it yeah and and it's just it's just a it's a it's a distribution of skills thing right and that's like he i didn't want to do the kickstarter at all you will recall right and he because he talked me into it took on responsibility for it and it you know and is it's his deal right in the same way in the same way that the comic book one was your deal this one is his deal, and you know, I like I said, I, I, as in everything, I feel like the right thing to do is somewhere in the middle of all of the things that we all want to do, yeah. right? N- none of none of us, none of our positions on the outside edge of this target are actually going to score us any points. It's it's somewhere in there where the bullseye is that we need to be. That's a that's a metaphor. That was beautiful. Yeah, you know, I, I think there's more to talk about here than we want to do in the next half hour of show. I, I sure, really want absolutely. to keep talking about it, but I think for the benefit of our audience, we can jump back into other questions. Well, I mean, I think you know, I think they they probably this is, do care. Yeah, this about is interesting. This, but sure. But, but yeah, we should we should. You get know how people hate it when we uh, argue. You should get through more than a single uh, forum question, I guess. Yeah, but I mean, we do we do need to talk about it. I I, I guess. I wish that I could get some feedback from the world at large on how they feel about Kickstarter updates because they drive me fucking nuts. I, I am just pissed off every time I get one of those emails. And the, 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 the one case where I them. don't get upset. Holy the very shit. first thing. What? You can opt out of them. Christ. But the thing is, every once in a while, there is one that is actually informative, and it's something that I want to know about a thing that I pledged to. The ones that are just promotion are like, 
why the fuck are you telling me this? Like, and, and I get it. I get that what they're trying to do is they're trying to get me to tell all of my friends that they should also give this thing money. But like, fuck, fuck them. That makes me want to take back the money that I gave them. Hmm. Uh, you know, I mean, it's just, I, and I, I know, I know that I am not representative of the population in, in this regard. But like, the one, so there are updates that I did not mind getting. The Idle Thumbs Kickstarter update messages, whenever they sent one out where they had had a new thing that they recorded, where there was some new media that they had made for me to consume, I liked those because those were a thing, right? This was, hey, we made a thing and we're telling you about it. The ones that were just updates on how it was going with getting the prints made and stuff, I was just annoyed that I was like, oh, I got all excited when I saw this email and I thought there was anything that I gave a shit about in it, but there's not. There's another one. That uh, that video games history book, like that guy, you know, it barely funded and he was just really enthusiastically pimping it. And I was just like, oh, God, I don't want to be constantly reminded of the fact that this might fail. And the, the, the desperation in this is making me like you less. <laughs> and there's one that I that funded. And right now I get an update maybe once a month that's just like. Hey, just wanted to let you guys know that this is where we're at in the manufacturing process of this thing that you ordered, and this is our new ETA on when it's coming in. And you know that I could take or leave, but it, but it's just I, you know, it's it's one of those things where I don't really get what it's for. And it, you know, if it is as you say to just maintain excitement and generate buzz, like I, I you know, I guess the idea that we have to let people know that we're continuing to work on this fucking video game betrays to me a just sort of idiocy in the audience. If they like, what the fuck do they think we're doing all day? You know, I mean, because I, I see a guy that's talking about video games and I say, you know what? I don't know what that guy is doing, but I know for a fact that it's not working on fucking video games because you can't talk about video games and work on video games at the same time. I'm thinking more like, in one of my Facebook posts today, I said, did you know you can swear in word realms? Like, you can't, nobody's going to swear at you, but you can totally swear. Like, that's a thing that people didn't know about the game that now they know. It got at least one person to to up his thing. I don't know. It's another one of those things where I just want the reins. (laughs) Like, just... Nobody who's working on this right now is enthusiastic about it in the same way that I am. But if we don't want it to succeed, then that's a different animal. Well, I mean, that's a different... Not wanting it to succeed and believing that it has already failed are two different things, man. Right. I mean, believing that it has already failed is just wrong because it's several weeks out. Well... If it, it, it failed is, because it didn't that find true. immediate success. That is success. true if our goal was to barely fund. That was not our goal. Our goal was to determine how big of a market there was for this thing. And and we have it, not yet done that. That's what I'm saying. We have not yet done that. And And I mean, I just, I don't... I guess part of it is I don't want to live in a world where the way to reach that market is to annoy the shit out of the people that like us. Yeah, you're annoying the shit out of meter is pretty pretty sensitive. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I mean, I think I think that what what would probably be as far as as far as as updates is if we if we can all compromise 
on something where we do an update every four days until the last 10 days of the thing and then we do an update every day huh. like I'm cool with that and I you know and I think that you and I could sit down and write every single one of those updates in an afternoon and then it would just be a thing and it would just be all right just post this when the time comes right yep. it for hot stuff to do that would take a lot of time right and and part of it is because he <clears throat> because this is a thing that he owns he does not want it done in a hasty way even though i think he understands that even the things that we do hasty are still funny and good right right but th- th- because because he he does not do these things as as seemingly effortlessly as we do because we're the we're the talent <laughs> right <clears throat> he's the meticulousness and we're the talent right. and yeah i don't know man i i don't know i i'm uh, in this as in all things i am tempted i am tempted to just tay the fuck out of it <laughs> also tempted to drink a few more beers yeah, tempted to talk like buckwheat <clears throat> Jamelli says now that Boris is wrapped up I hear more people talking about having more karma saved up than they know what to do with has the time come to introduce the Valhalla trinket shop is the idea of an infinitely upgradable and shamelessly cosmetic skill from the trinket shop something with legs and I think he's linking to his post about a pony um yeah that's probably a thing we ought to do it's weird though that there are starting to be people with more I mean I guess all of these people who played a shitload of Boris like they were accumulating karma really fast and you can't I mean I guess you could perm stuff if you remember to buy the skills after you unborist at the end but yeah yeah you know I mean it's a thing that we intended to do when Valhalla rolled so it's a thing that we will clearly eventually get around to Street Tom says are you really going to add a 23rd monster type I uh, probably not uh, do you see the organ grinder as the complement to the stomping boots and happy medium or could there someday be a familiar that makes 66 or 69 fingers crossed kinds of food huh. uh, probably not you know I mean the the did we do the categories because of the uh, stomping boots I think we did I thought you were it, was already... like, it was a thing that we had intended to do forever but that was the thing that finally made us actually do it what were you going to say? Oh, I thought that you said, hey guys, I just came up with all these categories, we should do something with them. But, yeah. Um, Psyche says, one, I know you do a lot of work for these shows already, but would you consider giving names to the KOL in 120 Minutes episodes the way that you do with other podcasts? It would help to keep track of which shows I've heard and which I haven't yet, especially when I get behind. They wouldn't even have to be funny, although I suppose funny isn't really a commodity in short supply for you guys. That would complicate the process quite a bit. I don't, I don't think that that means that the idea is a total non-starter. The problem, the bigger problem, is that in order to name the shows uh, for Advice Hot Dog and Video Games Hot Dog, I either have to re-listen to the entire thing, uh, which I do with Video Games Hot Dog, or we have to be really careful about writing down things that we say that would make good names during the show. (laughs) And that's a thing that I often just forget to do. But Roy is good about remembering to do it. Um, you know, it was neat. When we were doing the, uh, when I was on the Overthinking It podcast, the way that they do it is that they have a chat channel open that they're talking in during the show. Yeah. Um, although that, that works a little better for them because they are often sort of monologuing mm-hmm. 
you know, one of one of them will talk for ten minutes uh, with, with only occasional interruptions. And, and I mean, I guess in the, in this one, it's always just me talking for ten minutes. Uh, two says Psyche, when you stick a chewing gum on a string into the sewer to fish something out, what sewer are you reaching? And what happened to wash all those worthless items, disco balls, ravioli hats, and such on down there? Tsunami at the crappy items factory? No, I think the idea is that those are adventurers that died on the level, the old level one quest that was in the sewers. Um, you know, before before the game's narrative, not like before now. There, there didn't used to be a level one quest that involved you going into the sewers. If there had been, it would have killed everyone. Miss Friendly says, can we get a magnifying glass next to the items we turn in during the level 12 quest? Ah, man, if I ever get reminded of that at a time when I can actually do something about it, then sure. Guy Spare says something similar. Could we get the PvP fight screen to remember what we last fought for between sessions? If you log out, it defaults back to fame when you come back. Um, <clears throat> that one is less like a thing that we do, but... Yeah, I don't know. Ask CD Boyer. You can put it in that thread that he'll probably never read. I don't know that. He might read it. <laughs> Uh, Zeril says, I couldn't help but notice that defeating the bugbear invasion has no permanent effect on our characters. All the previous challenge paths, barring Trendy, had some specific shinies to go along with them. There were tattoos, trophies, skills, some of which rewarded going through the path several times. Was this a, con a conscious decision, or just how it turned out? Or have the spades just not found everything yet? Well, I mean, that's the... So all of the previous ones, except for one of the, th the three? <laughs> I mean, have there only been... Have there been four paths? How many paths have there been? I guess there have been four complete ones, right? Like, yeah. Jesus Christ, has it been a year since we started doing that? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, so now it's two out of five. Um, you know, I don't want that to be a thing that we feel like we have to do if we don't have a good idea for it. So, yeah, I mean, this one was a little weird. I'm curious how people are going to feel about it in the fullness of time. Uh, bummer, man. That looks like it has more M's in it than it actually does. Hey, Jick. What are your thoughts on making item stealing either an opt-in system, a.k.a. you can only get stuff stolen if you go steal stuff as well? Uh, no, I don't like that because, you know, yeah. <laughs> Giarge says, love the new site, especially the comic generator. I have clicked that link a lot. And have you looked at the at the new asymmetric site much, Mr. Skullhead? I have. What do you think about it? I like it. Yeah? No criticisms at all? I think there should be, uh, if there's not yet, there should be an easier way to get to Crack Rocks. Mm. Yeah, I was going to put that in toys. And I miss the all of the Asymmetric Gazette stuff. Yeah, the, <clears throat> that I stuff is there if you go to oldsite.asymmetric.net, but I, I guess... I, part of me wants to excise that from the internet, but I know that's the same part of me that led my buddy to want to get rid of all the stuff he wrote for Rolling Stone when he was younger. Uh-huh. Because now he's all Surus business professor man. Um, <clears throat> K says, "Was there a show last Thursday? I'm having trouble finding it. I just forgot to upload it for forever. And since I told El Accordia Nachi to stop bothering me about it, like, I immediately just forget to upload one for a week. Because <laughs> I got my comeuppance hoist by my own petard." I seem to be in the habit of asking whiny questions today, so here's another. How much thought went into the decision to put an Ascension-relevant skill in the swag shop? I'm not normally a fan of PvP, and when I first heard that you can have a random item stolen from you at any point, I knew I would never want to even try it. But now, I, being the skill whore that I am, feel obligated to put up with it for as long as it takes to get that plus 10 boot to HP and MP. Boost. I imagine this isn't the reaction you were hoping to get from players. I know I'm probably in the minority here, as the skill isn't all that important, and I'm not even a speed ascender or anything, but I thought you might enjoy hearing some fan complain about inane issues in your awesome game. Okay, I'm done whining now. Have a good one, guys. Well, 
the goal was to entice more people into PvP so that there would be targets for the people who already enjoy PvP. Right? And and I know that that's on the surface of it, it doesn't sound very nice, but I think that of a population of 10 people like you who are only in there to get that skill and get out, I bet there will be one that finds that he enjoys it and sticks around and now has a new facet of gameplay to enjoy. You know, I mean, it was it was a conscious decision to make it appealing across a broad cross-section of players. You know, we try we 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 taught we treated it like we tend to treat a large scale content deployment like a crimbo or like a content familiar where it's like, all right, we need to make sure that there's something in here for everybody. Um, and, you know, the we normally ignore the clubs in that and the hearts are always the like sort of afterthought because it's hard. We We don't tend to think of things that are just fun. We tend to think of things that are fun and video game. Right. right? And, you know, so we, we, we sometimes... Yeah. RNG He Amy says, I'm guessing the next item of the month will be path-related, but will there be a PvP-related item of the month? Both, buddy, both. <laughs> uh, Voldox is saying what was confusing to him as a newbie was the Nemesis quest, which we sort of talked about earlier. Orbrisa is asking why we can't break the prism while drunk again, and yeah, I, every time that comes up, I think I should fix that. Captain Grizzly says, I think you guys should make more t-shirts. I have the Sword and Martini guy and the Sabertooth Lime already, and none of the others appeal to me, yet I would still like to have more KOL t-shirts. It'd be awesome if you had some more choice and variety. If, for example, I could pick one of a number of designs to go on a variety of different t-shirts, like a red shirt with the Age of Boris avatar, for example, or a white boner Dagon on a blue t-shirt, or add the Undying in either black or white or on a green t-shirt, I would buy those things, if only I could. Please make it so I can. Yeah, Hot Stuff has always wanted to make the store into a thing where you picked a shirt color and a design to go on it and then we this is where this is where the this is where it falls apart in my mind and then we sell those for like $25 and it says when you order it you're not going to get this until 12 people have ordered this same thing wow um which is what i mean that would be the only way to do it practically you know a- a- unless Unless we had somebody who was willing to work for free and screen print shirts in the garage, right? Or if we owned a big automated screen printing machine, but but as it stands now, using the, the, the means of production that are available to us, it's like, it is not really practical. And, you know, the, the reason that we make extremely little money on the t-shirts is because we insist on selling them for extremely little profit. Yeah, uh, but I don't want to stop doing that because the shirts are not a thing. It's still, you know, even if we sold them at reasonable T-shirt prices, that would still just be such a drop in the bucket compared to what the game earns. And and I don't want to be a guy that's in the T-shirt business. Right. You know, I want to be a guy that's in the video games business. And so we do it as a service to the fans because they want the T-shirts. Um. And, you know, in some cases, like with the bugbear, because it's a really cool shirt that I would wear. But, yeah, yeah, I don't know. I still, yeah, the the first time that I saw the bugbear ship, I went, oh, man, that would make a sweet shirt. Oh, man, there's no way that's ever going to be a shirt. <clears throat> I mean, I'm curious, knowing what we know now, if we could do another limited run shirt and have it be less of a clusterfuck. The bugbear you know, ship because is that that sweet. really was a that was like a there were some some serious fucking planets lined up to make all the shit go wrong that went wrong with that. Right. 
underscore Voss says, is this forum zone for live theater or live theater? Uh-huh. Cedrion says, you mentioned in the future PvP minis involving dungeons would line up with new dungeons so that only things done within that season would count, unlike with slimy eyeballs this season. The one problem I have with that is that I'm in a medium-sized <coughs> clan and would expect that only a large clan would be able to compete effectively, if uh, at least if it has anything to do with pumping out turns. Is this something you think you might want to account for if possible, or would you not consider it a big enough problem? I don't know. You know, I, I'm when considering things like this, I am thankful for the fact that the PvP minis are really experimental, and if something you know turns out to cause problems for people or make people unhappy, we can always do something different the next time. Mm. But it's the same problem we've sort of always had designing content for clans: is that when clans can be of arbitrary large, arbitrarily large sizes. You know, it's like there were plenty of features like you used to be able to send a K-mail to everybody in your clan until somebody, you know, was like, I'm going to be a smartass and make a clan with 10,000 people in it and crash the server. Like. Um, Bobble says there was a quote used a while back on the radio shows that went something like, I like you. Let's be friends. Let's go ride bikes. What is the actual quote and where is it from? That was something that Roy said a lot in the early days of Advice Hot Dog, and I think it was some some teacher had said, this is what you should do if somebody ever asks you if you want to do some drugs with them. I like you. I don't do drugs. Let's go ride bikes. Instead. Instead. Okay. Was that something that you were also exposed to? It sounds familiar. It feels like that was in a PD, uh, PSA, not a PDA. Somebody practicing PDA had made a PSA about it. Somebody came up to you and said, quick, read this thing off of my PDA. And then they showed you a Palm Pilot with that typed on it in their weird little script. Yeah. And then they started making out with their girlfriend right in front of me. Uh, WB O'Quine says, one, suppose Microsoft or Blizzard or EA or some big company wanted you to head the construction of a first-person shooter. You have all sorts of coders and artists and so on at your disposal. What sort of game would you make? Uh, I don't think that I would make a first-person shooter. Uh, I think I would probably make... A uh, procedurally generated Skyrim type game. Hmm. Fantasy adventure, randomly generated stuff, first person. Yeah. In general, do you have game ideas that you know you'll never get to make because they're just too large scale? You know, I don't. Um, I, I think that in general, the games that I want to make are things that I could make, um, especially now that I have learned about the existence of Game Maker and that Game Maker has gotten to be a pretty robust thing. I am uh, some, some weeks more than others, but I'm, but I'm still uh, silently uh, plugging away. Uh, the, the, way that I react, the, the way that I relax from my hard days of making video games is to go home and make more video games. And then Jick, you should consider sending in your Mexico song to the Comedy Bang Bang segment where they play and comment on comedy song submissions. The host always complains that people just submit sex-themed ones because they think that sex is automatically funny. I think yours could do well, right, because, uh, because I just automatically think that racism is funny. <laughs> I don't think that that song is actually racist. Have I even given that... I don't think I've even told, like, the KOL population about that song. Go ahead. I never really put it up anywhere. I mean, no, I'm saying, like, I don't know that I want to. I just, I, like... Oh, the Spanish song? Have, that song's hilarious. Yeah, it's not we racist in, in the slightest. Your kid hated it. Your kid said, turn it off, turn it off, is what your kid said. Yeah, but not because it's racist, because he doesn't have any taste. What? No, he, he totally hates racists. Mm. He, there are only two things he hates, racists and niggers. <laughs> 
Professor Underscore says, uh, Bugger feature. The Obsidian Dagger cannot be pulverized from the right-click menu, but can be from the pull-down menu on the smithing page. Dude, I don't know how any of that right-click menu shit works. Let's say feature. Uh, I mean, is that true of everything that can't be pulverized? I can see how it would be, because having a... I think that that is done via a JavaScript pop-up, and I can see how it would be problematic to do that through a... Through uh, via Ajax, through I said through uh, instead of via. Also, there are a bunch of items acquired over the course of a run that can't be pulverized or discarded or auto sold. Or yeah, there are a lot of those. Um, I think the thing to do is to not uh, make more of those if we can avoid it, <laughs> and maybe slowly figure out things to do with the old ones as we come up with funny things. Wax says, "I know you guys hate power creep. I, I love power creep, but I'd really like to see an egg Benedict replacement as an item of the month. I don't remember what the egg Benedict does. Doesn't it just?" attack you every once in a while <laughs> it wasn't in like a, a supercharged stab bat yeah but I think it might be a supercharged stab bat that only ever attacks you I think that was the that was yeah, the joke we feel like that would be dangerous power creep yeah Chilt says Scully when you're playing your turns do you tend to use non item of the month combat items at all how useful do you find them are they powerful and awesome and fun to use and Jick, taking the anecdotal data of Scully, how do you feel about how useful in-game combat items are? I bring this up because I remember you saying how nobody even noticed that the V-Mask doubled their power at first, and I find I only use divine items, rando items, and quest items. Okay, what you have to understand about the way that I play the game is that I'm very bad at it, and very chill about the fact that I'm very bad at it. So, yeah, I, I use a lot of, you know, this run, when I started over in hardcore uh, bugbear, I was using a whole lot of spider webs just to survive stuff. And now I'm using, you know, I use damage dealing items and healing items. And yeah, I, I use a lot of them. One of the first skills that I permed was funk slinging so that I could do two at a time. And I hardly, I, I hardly use any item of the month stuff, except for the familiars because I enjoy playing around with them. When I'm when I'm uh, doing fights, I use hundreds and hundreds of casts um, because it's a it was the first item alphabetically when I needed a bunch of items. Uh, it's really easy for me to give myself a thousand of them, right? You know, because it's real short to type, uh, and then it's pretty early in the uh, it's pretty early in the drop down. So yeah. I use those a lot just to make sure that like per round combat behaviors are firing correctly and the monsters and stuff. Like if I that's my equivalent of. Uh, Huggling. Right. Um, me, myself, and I talks about using the hot tub when you don't have any whatchamacallits, uh, when, it, when it's not uh, doing any good, and can it fail to be used if used under these circumstances? Yeah, it probably could. You know, there's no... There isn't standardized code for doing a lot of that stuff, which is, which is messy. Um, you know, so many, so many healing items handle things differently. Some of it will, like chop off the excess if it's trying to heal more than you had but I don't always feel like writing that code um, why can we see the sea from the town and the beach but not from the mountains or the forest well you can't see the forest through the trees and you can't see the ocean past the mountains because they're big Yeah. Uh, how accurately do you and Dev predict an item or functionality's impact on the speed game? I'm curious about hipster, spooky putty, bandersnatch, fairy boots. Feel free to comment on others. Uh, I don't have any idea what the fairy boots, uh, what the impact of the fairy boots is on the, on the speed game. I have no idea what people even do with those. Uh, the hipster that was entirely unanticipated, and I'm a little, I'm a little annoyed that that use of it 
only became clear to me after it was too late to do anything about it. Hmm. Uh, Spooky Putty, I feel like people are basically doing exactly what I wanted them to do with it. And I mean, it's cool that, because I mean, Spooky Putty doesn't feel broken to me, and it's cool that it's still a thing that people pull. You know, I feel like they get a lot of use out of. Uh, the Bandersnatch was one of those things where we ended up with like, it was the same story with the V-Mask, sort of, where it's like, oh, well, this is just a kitchen sink, so let's throw a few more things into it, and then we accidentally made it way too powerful. Mm. Um, I mean, you guys saw the development process for the Bandersnatch when I accidentally posted that summary of it to the <laughs> gameplay discussion forum instead of the dev forum. Um, I still see that all the time, because in one of the 9,000 fucking forums that there are, that I can see because I'm an admin. Mr. Skullhead, what are all those forums? I don't know. I lost track when the telephone and the treehouse came to be. So I don't understand what those are, so I didn't There's like an I didn't ash, check them. Pa- ash pan? Well, I don't I don't know what anything is anymore. Uh, Cuddlehead says, regarding PvP, when I attack, I get to see my own funny win-slash-loss messages, but to see those of other players, I have to go through the archives and go through boring old fights, which, frankly, I can't imagine anyone doing. Since I already know what I'm saying, would it be more amusing if my opponent's win-loss shriek was shown as well? Win-loss shriek. And if my message match or conflict with that of my opponent, there's a potential for synergistic amusing combos. Uh, Match, not mash. Jesus. Um, You know what we should do? I mean, it kind of doesn't make any sense, because why would they say that? Hmm. I mean, I could see giving them a defense win and loss message. That's actually a pretty good idea. That I like. Let's do that. All right. All right. I'm going to type that into dev. Defensive win slash loss taunts. We are doing this. And on that note, we should probably get out of here. Because that was literally the most exciting possible couple minutes of radio. Hey, we made notes. You made a note of it. I we are doing. We are doing this. We are people who do things. Yep. All right. So, I'm gonna mark where we got to in this forum thread. Get to the rest of it on the Thursday show. We're in one of those. Not getting through a lot of questions. Yep. We had to talk about the Kickstarter. Yeah, we did. All right. Uh, we'll we'll kick your shirts next week, ladies and gentlemen. Good night, everybody. <laughs>